Nice for goal! And finishes off the PSG victory! Nunez est lancé, Nuno Mendes rapide, Nuno Mendes passe devant Trois-Dardans! Le tir! Oh, il est beau celui-là! Le but de Nuno Mendes! Pour le Paris Saint-Germain, parce que le Paris Saint-Germain c'est le plus important. Il est dans le football, il est doit aller. Et je suis fatigué! Je suis fatigué! Hello and welcome to PSG Review, a bit of a special episode today as we say our farewell to the golden kid, the Brazilian magician, the often injured gambler who I can't help but like, a politically misguided philanderer and a party boy who has a unique ability to change a match of football at will, a true one-of-a-kind, Neymar da Silva Santos Jr. My name is Mikko and I'm very happy to have you with me right now. I know that there are a lot of things to talk about, but I wanted to try and understand what this Neymar era has meant for us with its ups and downs. It's been a wild ride and perhaps we need to revisit this in the years to come when the hindsight becomes clearer, but partly because of the player himself, I mean his abilities, but also to a very large extent because of him as a phenomenon and what he and everything that came with him have come to represent for us all and I'm a little bit fascinated by that quite a lot actually this is not a love letter it's not an obituary of course as he continues his career elsewhere and holds it in his feet but these are my parting words to a player who came did he conquer it's debatable but he certainly made a lasting impression When Neymar came to Paris, not everybody liked it, not even all PSG supporters, it was seen too much and perhaps even the club losing its identity, which hadn't happened in equal measure with Zlatan's arrival. But on the whole, people, and I include myself very much here, were very happy and more than anything full of hope. The post-Slatan season had been poor. Monaco won the French league, we remember that, while Cavani was scoring on conveyor belt, but the club was lacking something. The season before was the most dominant, certainly domestically speaking, with a solid Champions League run, even if it ended a little abruptly in the quarterfinals against Manchester City. But the following season, without the comparable star power, the team was struggling. So when he was joining us, Six years ago, the air was full of hope and optimism. The football world, and not just the football, but news in general, were flabbergasted about the 222 million euros that PSG had paid to Barcelona for the release clause of Neymar, who was keen to come, but Barcelona had little interest to sell one third of its not-so-secret weapon, the lethal front line of Messi, Neymar and Suarez. But when there's a will, there's a way, especially if you happen to have a fortune to back it up. And the deal of the century was made. Neymar Jr. was heading to the City of Lights. Some years later, when his friend Messi joined PSG, there was a lot less excitement in many ways. I think partially because Neymar came to us at the height of his might, where Messi was already closer to the end of his career and certainly his career on the highest level in Europe, although, of course, we now know that the highlight of his career, one of them, was still ahead of him in the Qatar World Cup. But perhaps us fans were a little bit more numb to it all at that point, and Messi had come only because he had no choice. Whereas we were the team that Neymar had specifically chosen. And it was there to scratch that post-slot and itch when the club was all about dreaming bigger. 
Neymar was to be the key part of the footballing project, but not just that, our, our excitement, those of us who were excited about it, perhaps still also traumatized by his performance against us a few months prior during the infamous remontade night at Camp Nou, where we were very happy about getting the player with infinite potential, but the club president Nassel Halaifi also reminded how this made business sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, for, the, for your question, to answer your question, actually, you know, you know, Before Neymar, the value of the club was like $1 billion, and today $1.5 billion. So I think it's enough to answer your question. Uh, you know, and, uh, there is no second Neymar in the world, I tell you the truth. And I want you, you know, I would love to meet in two years, three years, and you tell me how's, what's the value today for Neymar in two years. And please, double at least. Thank you. Paris Saint-Germain, Sometimes the fairy tales don't have the happy ending we hope for. Neymar's initial impact was immense, but starting from his first season, he has been largely unavailable due to his many injuries when it most counts. The one year he was fully available, PSG found itself in the Champions League final and Neymar has carried us time after time. He's a player that can pretty single-handedly change the game by his sheer quality and determination. But the final analysis is that he's only been able to participate in 57% of the possible matches in six seasons. That is 173 matches out of possible 304. To make a direct comparison with Kylian Pape, and I'm using him only as an example because he came to club at the same time and they have played during the same period, Neymar has played 87 fewer matches than Kylian Pape. I mean, nobody ever plays every single one of the matches, but Neymar has missed more than most. And considering how incredible his contribution per minutes played has been, we can only dream of what could have been without the late tackles from behind the cynical downkicking of our number 10. After another Champions League campaign ending tackle in 2019, the Strasbourg midfielder Anthony Gonzalez summarized the attitude of Ligante players and pretty much also the referees by saying in the post-match interview, He's a great player, but if you play like that, then don't complain if you take some knocks. We aren't here so he has fun at our expense. We aren't here to make him look good. If Neymar wants to have fun, we are responding with the weapons that we have. And the weapon they had was varying degrees of on-bits brutality, which often went unpunished or perhaps resulted with a free kick from a non-dangerous area somewhere in the midfield. To us, it did cost our seasons. In the end, it compromised most seasons time and time again. Neymar's issues are all based around the fact that he couldn't stay fit. There were other issues. He did want to leave in 2019 to return to Barcelona after another difficult injury-ridden season and a rape allocation which he had to go quite far to prove inaccurate by releasing all the WhatsApp conversations between him and the accuser. He might have been emotionally exhausted and wanted to escape or whatever his reasons were, I don't need to know his motives, but he did want to leave and he also did say in an interview that Remontada was his best football memory to the dissatisfaction of all of us. 
My guess, and it's just a guess, but it's my guess that all of these issues came from his frustration of being injured, being kicked down and not being protected. Now, the question is, to what extent players should be protected? All players deserve equal protection, of course. That's what the rules are for, but perhaps it was his reputation of someone who exaggerates his falls, rolls around and even simulates that preceded him. And all of that had peaked in the World Cup of 2018 with numerous viral videos and mockery of his antics. It was one of the most talked about things during that tournament and that did not help. Even the World Cup victory didn't help the French to forget that in the season to come and it could easily impact the referees too who don't want to look foolish at their job. Perhaps it was the type of, uh, let's call it, misplaced professional pride that the comments by Gonzalez referred to, and not just by players, but like I said, by referees too. They didn't want to be taken advantage of, and they certainly weren't. Perhaps the French League and Neymar were a bit of a mismatch. Did Neymar's time in Paris end because Mbappe wanted him out, or was it Luis Enrique, who knew him from his days in Barca, of course, who preferred somebody else. Was it politics, business, or simply football, and his tendency to miss too much of it per season? Maybe the time will tell the reason, but a few weeks ago the news hit us that not just him, but Marco Verratti were on a transfer list and encouraged to look for other opportunities elsewhere. Uh, Marco, of course, deserves his own episode. I'm, I'm not sure I'm gonna make him one specifically, and... That's not because of his contribution lacking in any way, but there hasn't been quite the same traveling spectacle around him. And as much as this is about the player, Neymar, this is about the spectacle. In the end, there were no clubs either with enough money or willingness to take a risk with his sustainability outside of Saudi Arabia. And that's where he's heading at 31 years of age. PSG gets solid transfer fee, even if the 222 million didn't quite double as Nasser Al-Khalifi had predicted. Actually, no one since Neymar has moved for anywhere near that amount and possibly won't anytime soon. For, for now, that record is from Bappe to break, but I doubt that it will happen. But what we are getting from 2023 Neymar is a good transfer fee, and I'm grateful for that. With a two-year contract, as has been talked about, Neymar could come back to Europe if he looks after himself at 33 years as a free transfer and he could even take a smaller salary in a competitive club if that's something that he chose. You know, Hollywood actors, the kind of big stars, they can do some film for millions and millions and millions and after that do something artistically more pleasing for pittance or even, even for free. Neymar in two years will certainly be in a position to have few seasons of decreased income. I mean, he already, of course, is. But after two years of what he has in store, it's something that he shouldn't even have to think twice. Well, what about this? Is Neymar a club legend at PSG? Well, it depends on the definition and criteria of what does it mean, what does it take to be a club legend. There are a few different ways to determine who qualifies as club legend. Numbers are usually the clearest way to do it. I feel if you have at any point been the top scorer, top assets provider, or or had the most matches played for the club, to me that in and of itself is enough. From recent years, that's people like Pauletta, Slatan, Cavani, Di Maria, and Bappe. You know, like it or not, he is the top scorer as we speak. And then we have players of great significance and quality, uh, Ocrinta, like Pastore, Javier Pastore. I'd also include like Place Matuidi and Diego Silva there, certainly. Then you can argue about players like Maxwell or Diego Motta. What about how many trophies have been won? 
of course, we have now players who have won many, many trophies without having made that significant contribution to the club, such as being the recent past of the PSG. And that would also make it a little bit unfair to the pre-QSI players when one trophy was probably bigger than a handful now, especially if you were a decisive player during those campaigns. I'm usually quite quick to call people club legends, I admit. Too quick, perhaps. Uh, many are more conservatives. I sometimes get feedback from that. But uh, I also think that there are other criteria here. The amount of matches played is or can be one of the criterion. Uh, Verratti qualifies to me based on his general contribution to the club, but also the amount of matches played, which is over 400. But then Marquinhos has had almost as many matches played, yet I feel he's a lot further from the status of being a club legend. I don't know, perhaps it's because he was for years behind Thiago Silva's vast shadow and in the past couple of seasons haven't been so great for him. But essentially, it's very individual matter. There are some undeniable players, but also the beauty is very much in the eye of the beholder. Of course, there are also factors like how you left the club, and that is a big minus for players like Edinson Cavani, for instance, but then he has 200 goals. And just who we have liked. Essentially, it becomes to that who we have liked, uh, who we felt connection with and who had connection with the club. Players who, for whatever reason, resonated with us. A lesser footballer can earn this elusive honor sometimes if they want the hearts of the fan base. So let's think about this question. In 20 years time, will Neymar be remembered and thought of as a PSG or Barcelona player? I think that's a good question. I think it's a very relevant question, a key question even. But then, without him, there's no Champions League final in 2020 or even the Champions League knockouts the season after. It's very complicated. I feel like there's another category of players who are or were great and played for Paris. He's certainly there as Ronaldinho and a handful of others. And of course, some will say that they too are club legends and then some disagree. So it really depends on the person you ask. And in the absence of any clear criteria, perhaps that's fine. I feel like Neymar has made a great contribution to PSG, but of course he only scratched the surface of his potential due to his injuries. And he has also had a very tumultuous relationship with the fans. A good case can be made either way. It depends so much on how easily you throw the phrase club legend around. Like I said, I tend to be too eager. Many many have only a handful of them from the past 53 years. I made a poll about this on Twitter, asking your opinion, and uh, roughly two-thirds of the people said that he is a club legend. I'm not one with the final word when it comes to that, but all things considered, if we look at what he gave us, if we focus on good rather than the bad, I would have to say that it is a persuasive argument. In my opinion, a case can be made either way, and while he may not enter the conversation about the all-time crates at PSG, even if possibly technically he's been the best we have had or certainly up there, I'm leaning towards Neymar as a club legend, and I think with time, it might seem even more clear. But the beauty of this conversation is that it is a conversation where we don't have to agree. Everybody's top five is valid, even if yours was entirely different to mine. But whether you think that Neymar is a club legend at Paris or not, his time with us has come to an end. And as far as players go, Neymar is certainly one that divides opinions. I mean, He divides even my opinion about him. I'm not quite sure where I stand because we have had our ups and we have had our downs throughout the six years that he has stayed in Paris. 
And for me, I can only say that I did enjoy the show. Obrigado, meu irmão. That's all for now for this episode. A farewell letter to the troubled Brazilian wonder child who doesn't leave football fans indifferent. I think it's a real pleasure to have had him in our colors, and this has been quite a period in the club's history. Now we enter a new Neymarless era, and I'm equally excited about that. Thanks for listening to this episode of PSG Review. We, of course, have more to come as always, and the match against Toulouse is very much in the cards this coming weekend. Hopefully, the positivity will continue then, and after that match, we, of course, will keep our attention also in all the other transfers that are happening. But this felt like something I needed to do to get these thoughts out of my system. My name is Miko. Until the next time, take care. Peace. Peace.